Hello and welcome to episode 59 of the Cricket Her Vodcast and welcome to Chigwell School in Essex on the beautiful rolling banks of the M11 which you may be able to hear in the background <laughs> <laughs> um, and behind us uh, Essex are playing Kent in the London Championship more of that later um, last week we were at Berkshire um, and we saw Berkshire play Worcestershire in two T20s uh, and the star of the day was Millie Home who hit 130 odd runs across the two innings uh, and was really impressive for Worcestershire as they beat Berkshire uh, in both of their matches. Um, uh, Millie Home's an interesting player, she's a central spark um, so she's part of the regional squad, she's not one of the pros um, but clearly uh, an exciting prospect um, and um, someone who's already made an England appearance but not at cricket but um, at age group level uh, on the lacrosse field. Uh, now Raf, for many years when I was growing up uh, sports people were expected to specialise very early but I think that um, some recent research has perhaps changed attitudes towards that about people that play multiple sports like home um you know and you know we could see her hitting the hitting the cricket ball she obviously hit a lacrosse ball as well um what's the latest on the research on uh, multi-sports athletes yeah so my colleague at bournemouth university tim reese has been doing research on this um and published a very influential a very influential paper a few years ago um that actually convinced the ecb to change their policy on this um so as you say the traditional wisdom was that if you wanted to become a professional athlete you need to specialize at a very early age um, but actually the research that's been done all suggests that um actually um you know, doing lots of different sports can develop uh, multiple different skills um, and that also it's, it's perhaps unhealthy psychologically to specialise too early um, and that the most successful or you're, you're more likely to be successful at one particular sport and be able to achieve a professional level um, if you don't specialise too early. Um, so his research led to the ECB a few years ago actually changing their policy on this and suggesting that up to academy level um, probably I think it's um, age 17 or 18 um, people um, both boys and girls should be encouraged to continue with other sports um, and they shouldn't have to specialize until right at the point at which they become professional I believe that's now that's now the policy um, so obviously that benefits somebody like Millie Home as you say because she can go off and um, and represent England um, at age group lacrosse um, you know we know other people are playing hockey for example um, also other 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 sports football that kind of thing um, so it's a little bit different to um, the age where we used to see people being um, you know actually representing their country at senior level at multiple different sports so with the, the way that women's cricket is now going more professional you're unlikely to see um, somebody doing what Susie Bates did for example um, which was actually represent New Zealand at basketball and then move to representing them professionally at cricket um, actually no we're probably not going to see that but at the uh, um, on the other side of the we are going to um, still see people being able to train um, up to a particular point, um, up to a particular age in multiple sports, and that can only advantage them. That's what the research says, so who are we to argue with it? <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, and I thought that, that um, you know, 
what Holmes said after the match was very interesting also about about what's happening with the academies and things this winter. Um, so um, home has been part of that Sparks uh, system and they've been training in a much more professional setup and you could really see that and she in fact said to, I spoke to her briefly afterwards from a safe social distance um, and she said she really felt ready for, ready for the season. She felt ready when she went into the middle and that was something new and different. Um, and I really felt that there was an extra sort of dimension to the games of those players that have been training with the the, the regional uh, the regional setups over the winter. There was there was more power. They were finding the boundary more easily. They didn't. It was almost like they didn't seem to have to be hitting the ball quite so hard to get the same sort of distance. Um, so you know, I think that, that bodes really well for what, what we're going to see this summer. And I think we're going to see a real step up in the quality of the cricket in in the regional system this summer. So really looking forward to seeing that. Uh, now, as I mentioned, we're at Essex v Kent today. That's still going on behind us. Uh, this is part of the London Championship. So the London Championship is a 50-over uh, competition. Uh, it was played last year between uh, the London counties. Uh, and this year, they've added Sussex to the mix uh, as well. Um, now, Raf, you had a little bit of a chat with Trevor Griffin earlier about, about the London Championship and about where it stood. What did Trevor Griffin have to say about it? <laughs> Um, well, I think that there are a couple of um, significant things that have happened today. Um, first of all, he's obviously sent a couple of his Sunrisers um, squad members to play for Essex in this match. Um, so we're seeing Lissy McLeod, normally seen, um, more, more commonly seen for Berkshire, and we're also seeing Joe Gardner, who's more normally a Warwickshire player. Um, but obviously he, as a coach, thinks it's really important that they get 50 over cricket under their belt ahead of the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy. Um, so obviously that means that the London Championship is significant therefore for the um, for, you know for some of the regional coaches like him um, the fact that he's actually turned up here I mean the sun's just come out but it's not been a particularly pleasant experience I've, I've gone and I went and hid in the car um, during the innings break because it's really cold um, but you know he's here he's watching and um, he wants to know what's going on he's engaging with this competition um, and I think that that suggests that um, this is a uh, you know a deeply significant um, contest um, also the fact that the counties are prepared to kind of dig in their own pockets and, and fund the London Championship they're not being funded anymore by the ECB to run 50 over women's county cricket but they've got together um, as these four and now five counties as you say and decided no we want to keep funding and keep playing 50 over women's county cricket so it's important for all those reasons I suppose um, and I, I, you know from our perspective I think that um, it's confirms um, something that we have probably said a few times which is that the ECB made a bit of a mistake when they um, you know thought that they could just get rid of women's county cricket um, and that, that nobody would bat an eyelid and nobody would really be bothered actually it turns out that um, these players and the people who are organising um, women's cricket care very deeply about the county game, deeply enough to actually continue with it themselves um, and the fact that significant um, kind of people like Trevor Griffin are, are sitting up and paying notice I think should um, you know should actually um, be something that the ECB pay attention to um, and they should kind of understand that. and you know really it should be the ECB funding this rather than the counties um, in my view that actually to just withdraw support for 50 over women's county cricket was a mistake um, and and I think that uh, the the importance of this competition that I've just described should hopefully make them appreciate that. Um, what about Sussex joining? Because you know the, the London, the London Championship does start to look awfully like the old Div One, doesn't it? <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. That is significant, actually. Um, and it's significant for a couple of reasons. As you say, it's taking the London Championship kind of out of London. It's widening it. Um, Sussex were always one of the big wigs um, of the Women's County Championship. They won it a significant number of times, almost as many times as Kent, not quite as many, but, but a lot of times. And they were always there or thereabouts, weren't they, um, for, for most of it in Division 1. Um, and also it's Claire Connors, um, Claire Connors' old county that she represented very happily for many years. Um, and you know there's a little bit of a kind of um, shot in the teeth there in, in the sense of um, you know if you're Claire Connery and you're trying to abolish 50 over women's county cricket and your own county are saying hang on a minute Claire we're not very happy with this so we're going to join the London Championship you should really pay, be paying attention to that I think um, so it's significant for a few reasons and and potentially does it maybe even suggest that um, we might see more counties becoming involved I mean you know the likes of Warwickshire who are obviously um, you know normally up there in, in Division 1 could they join? I mean, they probably wouldn't be able to then call it the London Championship. I think that would be quite hilarious if they tried to carry on with that. I don't know. We've had Berkshire in the West Midlands <laughs> group in the T20 Cup, so... <laughs> It's true, it's true. Um, but, you know, potentially you could see other counties joining, you could see it expanding. Um, and, and the fact that Sussex have joined this season shows that it's not always going to be just those same four counties competing, that they are open to other people joining. They are happy for that, to facilitate that. Um, and that, um, you know, that it's been successful as well. So, you know, long may it continue as far as I'm concerned, because it's brilliant to be watching 50 over women's county cricket. It certainly is. Um, and uh, to now totally change tack from 50 over county cricket to the 100. Oh. Uh, the countdown to the 100 uh, continues. Uh, and this week we've actually seen the first 100 match at Lords. Mm -hmm. um, it, was, it was basically an internal game, wasn't it? It was an uh, MCC kind of blue side versus the red side or something. Reds v yellows. Sorry, got the colours <laughs> wrong. But it, um, and it, so it's an internal game. Uh, it involves a couple of uh, stars from the past. Charlotte Edwards uh, had, a, had a bat and a bowl. Um, and uh, Claire Taylor was there as well. Um, and some up and coming players as well. Um, so, you know, it's sort of a typical MCC game, I suppose. Um, after the game, um, they they did some uh, stuff on YouTube. Um, you can actually go and watch that on YouTube. Um, they did some uh, interviews uh, between uh, Claire Taylor and Claire Connor. Um, Beth Barrett Wild, Naomi Dutani. Yep. And and some people from the MCC as well. Um, but but significantly also Kumar Sangakara also uh, spoke. One of the one of the greats of the men's game from the last uh, you know 20 years. Um, what did he have to say, Raf? And what was the importance of what he had to say? Yeah, so he did a video link right at the start. Obviously, couldn't be there in London in person, um, but he'd, he'd done this kind of pre-recorded bit. Um, and actually, um, he said something that I thought was, was quite significant. It was a bit of an impassioned plea, and he basically said, look, the ICC and all of the member boards need to be investing more money in women's cricket, because cricket is for everyone. Um, and, you know, really, it's the kind of sentiment that um, many people express um, regularly, and, and we obviously do. Um, but it's to hear it coming from the mouth of somebody like Kumar Sangakara, who is obviously very influential um, in the in you know cricket administration and, and very well respected. Um, and it is really important, I think, to have those kind of powerful allies in, in high places um, making those kind of statements. So, you know, let's just hope that the right people were listening, Sid. Absolutely. Okay, well, that's all for this week. Um, we're going to turn around now and finish watching the game here. Uh, carry on looking out for uh, our updates over the weekend uh, on crickether.com. Um, we're, we're not using social media this, this weekend in, in solidarity with much the rest of the sports community. Um, but look out for updates on crickether.com and we will be back 
uh, with another vodcast for you in a week's time. Take care until then. Bye-bye.